Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Welcome to Minisode 93 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm a very croaky Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, tired guy. You are sounding more fresh than me though. Oh well that probably wouldn't be difficult I would imagine. No, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not like suffering today, like I'm, not, like I'm not hungover or anything, but yesterday, of course for date stamp purposes we're doing this on a Sunday morning, last night was the closing night of Fright Fest Glasgow. It was, yes. And as it tends to do, uh, it did get a little bit out of hand. Well, let me ask you this. What time did you roll into your bed at? You know what? I, th- I think it was something around like 2.30 or something like that. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't... Uh, That's it's not respectable. I think so. By my own standards, certainly. Yeah, you know, I've, yeah. I've, like it's gone are the days of me walking home from the Phoenix in broad daylight and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, great festival, which we'll get to. Yes, we um, will indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. On, on a couple of different fronts. But um, first off, how have you been and what have you been watching? I've been okay, I do have to say. I, I had planned to see much more at Glasgow Fright Fest, but I got um, waylaid with some uh, stuff that I got tangled up in amongst, and then just by feeling quite shite. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah, so I just wound up saying, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to try and get a lot of sleep. That's fair, and how did that pan out? Uh, not as great as I'd hoped it would, mm. uh, but I'm, I'm here, I'm feeling okay, I'm feeling Good. up for it, I'm full of the joys of Sunday. Excellent, and, that's what uh, I like yeah, to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Good, good. So, what did you watch? I think you know what I'm going to say here, Mitch, and to be honest, I'm pretty sure you, you've got to be quite excited. Did you watch Verotica? I did watch Verotica, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, okay, right, yeah. tell everyone everything about Verotica. Well... When this premiered, I can't remember exactly which festival it premiered at, but there was this uh, attitude coming out of the festival that it was terrible, but it was like destined for cult success in the same kind of way that The Room was. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say right now, I would watch The Room five million times before I would be compelled to watch Verotica again. Really? Okay, so do me a favour and just uh, outline a little bit about what this is actually about again. Okay, so Verotica is a horror anthology film based on a series of graphic novels written by Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig, if you don't know, is the original singer of The Misfits and, of course, the man behind Danzig. Yes, yes, of course. Well, that would have been interesting if he wasn't the Danzig of Danzig fame. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of another Danzig. Yeah, I would say um, the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's, he's the only one. So there can only be there can only be one. There can be only one. Yeah, yeah. I think if he had his way, that would be the case. Yeah, but yeah. What's so? What's the story here? Uh so we've got three stories. Okay. And a wraparound segment. I mean, the wraparound segment is so throwaway that it's almost pointless to even being there. The wraparound segment is called Morella, um, and it's right. basically Caden Cross, the porn performer, plays this character Morella. She's like, I guess, a spirit guide through the world of Verotica. Uh, okay. She doesn't really say anything of worth. Uh, she doesn't do anything of worth. She's just a hot woman with uh, upside down crucifixes drawn under her eyes. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's <laughs> fine, right? That's all fine. That's your wraparound segment. She pops up after every segment, and then obviously 
ties everything up in, uh, at the end in a, in a weird way. Uh, so the first segment uh, proper is called The Albino Spider of Dejet. What else? Okay. <laughs> so uh, this one, uh, for some reason, uh, has what is certainly all, I would say certainly all transatlantic actors putting on French accents. Marvelous, good, so, good. Uh, right away, you know you're, you're, you're but uh, I mean it's it's real, real French. Oh, oh I'm, I'm very tired. I'm extremely <laughs> tired. Oh my god, uh, which uh, is funny for a while. Aye, I, I find my threshold for that stuff is quite low. Yeah, it stops being funny quite quickly. But the story of this basically is uh, there's this girl, the jet. Uh, she has eyes on her tits where her nipple should be. Right. Um, and that's causing her a bit of trouble. People don't like that. People are freaked out by it, and she's a bit fed up about it. Okay, understandable. Yeah, um, and by the way, the eyes on her tits, you see them quite often, and I was like, I just kept going, blink, blink. <laughs> but the effects were so bad that there was absolutely no way that they were capable of blinking. Okay, right, okay. Uh, but she's so despondent at one point that she lactates a tear out of her nipple. For fuck's sake. Or out of her nipple eye, and it falls right. and lands on this spider. okay. Which then grows to man-sized proportions, right? In so much as it's a man. I think think Goro from Mortal Kombat. From Mortal Kombat, yeah, okay. But uh, the arms can't move, don't move, won't move. (laughs) He has two movable arms because they're his arms. He has two human legs. And then he has four rigid rubber arms. Right. Okay. This 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 just sounds awful. Oh, stick with me, Mitch. This is going to go on for at least fifty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, this character appears, and he, in, in a Freddy Krueger way, he appears in her dreams and like appears when she's asleep, and he goes around killing prostitutes. At one point, it appears that his suit has ruptured at the crotch, and you can see presumably the guy's underwear. Right. It's so low grade. Uh, but this, to me, is the most interesting story out of the lot of them. Really? Um, and at the risk of spoiling it for anyone, Dejet dies at the end of this segment, and she's lying on the ground, and for some reason, her uh, breast is exposed. Okay, sure. The, the eyes there, and the cops have turned up, and they're going, Oh, I see there is another dead woman. Oh, she is gone. <laughs> she's gone, and she's dead. Oh, he's terrible. But it, the, the cop bends down at one point, and I was like, Close the eye, like close the eye. I was gonna say, I was genuinely gonna say, I just wanted to sadly close the eye. I really wanted it to happen, and it didn't. I was like, ah, that's such a fucking cop out. That Uh, is, (laughs) but it's it's got. I mean, this is the best segment out of a lot of them, but it's fucking terrible. Right. Okay. By the way, weirdly, at some point I can't even remember which segment it's in. I think it's the next one. X Pack, the wrestler turns up in it. Really. (laughs) Uh, The next segment is called Change of Face. Okay. So, but, but it's important to say, by the way, we've already sat through one segment and the first part of a wraparound. It becomes quite apparent quite quickly that Danzig is a fan of the female form. Okay. There's a intensely male gaze okay. to the point that it it's distracting. That's more apparent in the next two segments. There. So, change of face is basically about this uh, stripper who has some buns on her face, and she goes around cutting other women's faces off. Uh, and she wears them while she dances in strip clubs. And she's pursued by police officers, obviously, trying to unravel the case. This one's probably the most straight in terms of story. Okay. But in a 30-minute segment, I would say 20 minutes of that is devoted to scenes and of dancers and strip clubs. That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of open legs. <laughs> right, okay. Um, 
It has some of the worst delivered dialogue I've ever seen in my life in this segment. Um, really? It's unbelievable. That's really all I can say about this one. And then the last segment, the most interminable segment of all, in my opinion, because it doesn't seem to have a story to speak of, Drukija, Contessa of Blood. Drakija, Contessa of Blood, okay. Yeah, and this is basically, it's your Countess Bathory story. Right. Member of the aristocracy, wearing what looks like a Danzig buckle on her crown. Jesus. Kills young women and bathes in their blood. Sure. So we get approximately five minutes of her bathing in blood and rubbing it on her body. We get a scene, she, <laughs> she believes that the blood is making her younger, obviously that's the point, and she... There's a bit where she's in front of a mirror, essentially mugging off for minute upon minute. Like, it was almost as if Danzig's went, just shoot and just keep doing things until I tell you to stop and then I'll pick the best thing. Right, okay. But put the whole thing in. We left them all in, yeah, yeah. Goes in and out of focus. Like, the camera's constantly bobbing around and weaving around. I noticed as well that aside from producing it and writing it and directing it, Glenn Danzig, and doing the soundtrack, Danzig's also credited as one of the cinematographers. Wow. Uh, so yeah, a real Tommy Wiseau situation here. Seems that way, yeah, yeah. But that scene in front of the mirror is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, but one of the longest, I'd say it's maybe a minute and a half to two minutes of her in front of this mirror, but that's a long fucking time. Yeah. It's fucking, like, I, I get people saying, oh, like, this is like a, a terrible film that is destined for cult status. I disagree because I, I think for a film to succeed on that level, there has to be something redemptive in it. And we've watched a lot of terrible films together. We have indeed, yeah. Even films like Truth or Dare, A Critical Madness, right? Which is a terrible film. Yeah. I would go back and watch Truth or Dare any day over this. This, to me, is just ineptitude on a level that is staggering. I've seen budgets that veer from five, six figures up to like a million dollars for this. Right, okay, I'm Jesus it, Christ. I'm like, I cannot see where this money has gone. I've got <laughs> no doubt that in a cinema situation at a festival, this would be a hoot, right? And I'm a uh-huh. night slot. But the, the laughter, I think, is limited to the first 45 minutes and then is it, it's absolute slog. Is it one of those things as well that's like considerably more charmless when you're watching your house? I, I fucking bought this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was an insane thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I just went on the fact that I thought this is something that me and Mitch can watch one day and it'll be a hoot. I, I fail to see how watching this in a cinema could maintain the goodwill until the end. I'm afraid you are going to have to watch it again at some point with me. I am fully aware that that's going to be the situation. I hope you don't mind that I spend a fair amount of it doodling about on my phone. No, that's all right. That's fine. I would say that Verotica is dog shit. It does seem that way. I'm a big Misfits guy. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I kind of had higher hopes for this. And Danzig's a man who's quite clear about his love for horror, but it feels to me as if he's never really seen a horror film before and he just wanted to essentially film loads of tits. Uh Uh-huh. The storytelling's non-existent. The execution is amateurish to a staggering extent and any goodwill generated from the ineptitude and from the like as soon as the bad french accents are done uh-huh i was kind of tuning out already right sure sure not a ringing endorsement then no no it's terrible i'm annoyed that i watched it god yeah and we have watched a lot of crap i mean we you've have. seen cats twice yeah yeah i have uh is that about your lot then yeah Okay, I'm just going to talk about a couple of things that I caught at Fright Fest okay. uh, that I liked. Um, it was pretty good lineup this year, I thought, um, with a couple of exceptions, but that's always the way. But yeah, a couple of things that were standouts for me that showed yesterday, uh, Saturday, I would Saint Maud. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen amazing stuff about this. Yeah, I mean, this is um, so this is from Rose Glass. Yeah. Um, and basically, you've got uh, Maud, who is this kind of young nurse who is kind of like a reformed Christian after this kind of non-specific trauma that's happened in her past. Right. And uh, she kind of she's looking after this kind of uh, slightly older woman called Amanda who has um who has cancer. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just about how uh, this her being in this challenging situation kind of tests her faith, and it's an examination of her faith and her mental health and stuff like that. There was a while at the start where I was like not sure if I was going to be able to get on board with the tone of it, and I did eventually. And uh, it's a really, really rewarding watch. I think that it's a really, really great film actually. Um, very scary. Sound design is fantastic. Yeah, this is a debut feature as well, I believe. Yes, that's ridiculous. It's a, like incredibly accomplished, but especially for a first film. Um, yeah, and also uh, Morfid Clark in the lead role here, absolutely brilliant as well. Like, this is just really, really great. Um, it is. Uh, it's coming out in May over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on general, so the first of May, I believe. So uh, yeah, get yourself, uh, get yourself out to that one when the time comes, because you, yeah, you really want to be checking that out. Also, uh, Joe Bigos was back in Glasgow uh, for VFW. So um, uh, he also, uh, in the screening, got everyone, basically almost everyone, to come down the front and do shots of Jim Beam with him. Uh, which was fun and uh, yeah VFW um, 90 minute film uh, typical night for veterans at VFW it turns into an all out battle for survival when a desperate teen runs into the bar with a bag of stolen drugs um, so it's punks versus veterans basically I historically like Joe's films and I'm liking them more as we go on right okay so uh, I th- like I, I think like I on second watch particularly I got quite a lot out of Bliss um, having quite liked Almost Human and enjoyed uh, the mind's eye right okay i think vfw is his best film i prefer it to bliss i it's it's more my speed i think than bliss it's also it's uh it's just it's so grimy but performance wise everyone is so great george went is in this yeah 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 <laughs> uh which i thought was cool uh yeah loads of people uh doing really, really good stuff here but it's like it's yeah it's so it's really really great the violence is pretty spectacular also you know who's great in this josh ethier i like josh uh, as an actor as well yeah, uh, he's he's doing he's doing really good stuff in here, but everyone is. So yeah, those were my two standouts. I would say from uh, Fright Fest Glasgow. Okay, I um, mean, what I would say is um, stockpile the rest, and we can uh, spread them out over the next few weeks in case we have one of those weeks where we're both too busy to really sit down and watch anything. Yeah, I'm a very busy man. Yeah, 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 you are, and uh, congratulations uh, on Black Mass playing. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we screened before in the quarry, which was nice. Uh, film seemed to go down well. Um, people seemed big, very nice about it on Twitter and stuff after that. So uh, very much appreciated everybody that came down and everybody that said nice things afterwards as well. Yeah, I saw you up there doing your wee thing, doing your bit. You and Chris uh-huh. Niles. Me and Chris Niles, yeah. Sadly, Scott couldn't be with us for that one. But uh, yeah, me and uh, Chris Niles, producer of Black Mass and also uh, notable from the Pumpkinhead episode of this show. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, we all went up and did a thing. And uh, yeah, it seemed to go over pretty well. And it was, I'm not going to lie, it was very nice to hear uh, music of mine in that screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty lovely. Right, um, so I'm not going to be totally effusive all the way about Fright Fest. I don't think that would be fair. I do want to touch on something that I thought was awful. Oh, sure. Uh, very quickly, just uh, I saw Butt Boy. Oh, right, okay, now... I've got to say, like this was one of the films I had a ticket for, and it was a film that, based on the premise alone, I was very much looking forward to. But like uh, I say, I had to take a step back yesterday and just uh, decompress. Yes, um, I kind of wish that's what I'd done. The synopsis for this is after a child goes missing, a newly sober detective suspects that his sponsor has a superpower that makes animals, objects, and humans disappear in his butt. 
Sure. Yeah, I uh, just I think it was quite interesting that this premise is obviously very very stupid, yeah. and uh, they play it with a surprisingly straight face, and I think that that's like quite an interesting choice. But I also thought the film was crap. <laughs> like I, you know, it's, it's like I, like I was like I, I thought that that was an interesting way to tackle that premise, but the execution was appalling. Wow. Uh, really don't like it at all. Um, actually, yeah, they're on a few different levels. Um, the end, I would say, the actual the kind of end set piece is very funny, but it's too little too late for me. I, I, I really I, I could be doing with this film, actually. What's film of the weekend for you? Potentially. Um, I didn't see as much as I would have liked to on the Friday, but yeah, of the stuff that I saw on the Saturday, I would say it was definitely the worst. Sure, I'm going to say that on the Friday then you were hobnobbing. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I kinda, I kinda, time got away from me a little bit. I, I fell in tow for a little while with uh, former guests from this show, uh, Laurie Brewster and Sam Ashurst. Ah, right, of course. And, yeah. uh, and I was led astray by uh, by those guys. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a really good time. Fright Fest is always great. It's always lovely to see those people. Um, and we do have some more stuff to say about Fright Fest, but we'll get to that in a moment. Sure. Uh, however, I do have one more that I want to talk about. I was indeed watching 90s stuff. And, well, so you recommended that I watch Species yeah. uh, this yeah. week. And um, we obviously have had a few people get in touch with their suggestions uh, for things that I could be checking out. I uh, willfully dodged all of this advice, put 90s horror into YouTube this week and, saw, and just kind of waited to see what came up. <laughs> okay. As a result, I went back to 1992... And uh, watch demonic toys. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm gonna try and uh, like I'm gonna try and make this a blend of uh, kind of big things. Like I think that ne- um, next week I'm kind of sizing up. It'll either maybe be species or maybe idle hands. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna try and mix it up with some kind of more obscurities uh, and things. So yeah. So I'm guessing you've seen demonic toys. Then. Of course I have. Yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, two gun runners and a pregnant woman are trapped in a warehouse, which is also a child's toy depository. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's the term. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. This is. I mean, this was nonsense. It was very, very silly, and um, I didn't realize this. I was doing a little bit of reading before uh, we started this, and I didn't realize that this was kind of like a full moon entertainment. And yes. the kind of the the bulk of the critical reception for this is that it's basically a, a very poor rehash of um, a lot of the more successful franchises that they were putting out around that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's bits of Puppet Master in this. In fact, they they did a crossover with uh, the Puppet Master universe. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. Written uh-huh. by David S. Goyer, by the way. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, my, my chief criticism of the writing of this, apart from that, it's, not, it's obviously not a great film, but like, um, you know, the, the, you know, the gun, the gun-toting, wise-cracking baby uh, doll, baby yes. Oopsie Daisy. I, I, the entire time that she was on, I kept on thinking, I was like, this smacks of somebody being like, wouldn't it be hilarious to have a foul-mouthed baby doll? And they were like, yeah, and then just nobody followed through on it. <laughs> like it's like it's like, like they had the idea and then just immediately stopped applying themselves. It's like it's just incredibly charmless. But I didn't. I thought the film itself was like big dumb fun. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like a lot of the the full moon films. They're they're made cheap. They're extremely silly. Uh, the quality's quite low, but I find it very difficult not to be charmed by full moon films. Yeah, no, like like I say, this 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 was this was fine. But yeah, another feather in the nineties horror cap there. Well done. Very proud of you. Thanks very much. What have they been saying? It's feedback time, and yeah. well. We have got a lot of stuff this week, and it is predominantly to do with the live show that we did um, 
on Thursday evening of this week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big thank you to a few people, actually. Just want to say very quickly, a big thank you to the Admiral Bar for being a great venue. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Uh, these yeah. creepy dweebs appreciate it. Yeah, very much so. Um, also want to say a big thank you to uh, Graham Hughes, Death of a Vlogger director, taking a couple of hours out of his very busy schedule on the day of his Scottish premiere to come hang out with us and talk a load of shite about Godzilla. Yeah, very good sport because we did go in quite hard on him at times. Yeah, we did. Um, but yeah, he took that in the spirit it was intended, which was great. Um, also a big thank you to Michael Park um, for looking after the AV and getting 50% of the laughs with the slide choices. Uh, former guest, Michael Park. Former guest, Michael Park, yeah. And a big thank you also to Panda for uh, taking some photos. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, and big thank you also to Arrow Video for supplying us with the Arrow Video goodie bag once again. Can I also just say, crucially, big thank you to everybody who came along. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was really, it was a really lovely room, but a really nice atmosphere in the room. Also, I thought it was really cool that so many of you just started hanging out with each other just beforehand, just because you know each other from doing this. Like, um, a couple of people have said some really lovely things, which we'll get into just now. But uh, the kind of community side of this is really turning into a lovely little special thing, I think. And, um, yeah, I love it. It's great. It's really, really touching and really heartwarming to see that, actually. Like, there's people who came along on their own, but as soon as they got there, they were, like, they weren't on their own, do you know what I mean? They were, like, in with people who they'd maybe never met before, but kind of already knew each other. It's just so, so nice. Like, yeah, um, it's, it's amazing. It really is. It's so good. Um, We never ever expected anything like that when we started this. In fact, I I would wager that starting a feedback section is one of the best things we've ever done in this show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Um, But yeah, a couple of people uh, getting in touch about the live show. So uh, Kian O'Brien, who I did meet, and I kind of, I knew who he was by process of elimination because he was the only person on the list whose name I didn't know. (laughs) But yeah, he just said, absolutely great one, guys. Really glad I was there. Uh, Elsewhere, we've got Scarebear, Scare158Steve on Twitter. Such a laugh at Strong Violent PC tonight with Andy Mixstuff, Watchfires Mitch, and Faction Man. That's Graham. Dissecting the awful Roland Emmerich Godzilla. I may never look at popcorn the same way again. <laughs> and if you want to know what that's in reference to, uh, All Eyes on Friday, when we put the, when we put the live show out. Saltired Popcorn getting in touch to say, amazing to come to Fright Fest this year and immediately know about four times the people I usually know, even if I do awkwardly wave and then have to find my assigned seat beside some potential stranger. And uh, Kim Morrison saying, if you're not part of the strong, violent PC family yet, get listening and join us. Couldn't ask for a lovelier bunch of people. Hosts, listeners, former guests, everyone was just lovely yesterday and I hugged most of you, even if disease control tells us not to. Good for you, Kim. I I, I appreciate that healthy contempt for advice from medical professionals. Yeah, coronavirus be damned. Yeah, fuck it. Um, Kim, that's lovely. That's about the nicest tweet that we've ever got. <laughs> And yeah, like a few, like I said, a few people kind of expressing those kind of sentiments. Um, we do really appreciate that. Paddy got in touch, Paddy Murphy. He was over, of course, and uh, he checked the show out and he said, uh, well, in the run-up to it, he was kind of live tweeting his uh, rewatch of it in the airport. So we had quite a few tweets from Paddy, but I picked my favourite one, uh, which was, he's just found out that Godzilla is pregnant by using a store-bought test and there's still over an hour to go. Why have I chosen to do this? I could be reading a book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would always suggest reading a book yeah, over yeah. that Godzilla. Um, Soho Horror Film Festival, getting in touch to say, had a monstrous blast of a time at Strong Violent PC Live last night. Faction man hilarious as ever, but not enough to redeem the fishy turd of a movie that is Godzilla 98. It is hot garbage. Yes, it is. Our pals from I Spit on Your Grades also coming down, or at least uh, two-thirds of them were there, Faye and Chris. Typically great show yes. from Strong Violent PC last night. Laughs were had, many beers were had, and now heads are sore. <laughs> That's all we could ever ask. Yep, yep. Uh, ScaledSheepless.com. Caitlin. Ah, yes, Caitlin. Say, 
I tapped out at the pregnancy test because the amount of time left felt insurmountable. <laughs> that's IMB. fair. I mean, that's 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 very very reasonable. It, it absolutely is. But uh, this this also is is a, a point worthy of mention. The IMDb trivia has Godzilla at eleven minutes of screen time, which is a terrible ratio of Mad Lizard to Broderick. <coughs> that's a great way of putting that. Like Couldn't that. agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. You got anything else in the live show? Yeah, I've got Andrew Marshall at Semi Pro Geek getting in touch to say rewatching Godzilla ahead of the strong, violent PC live show, and it's so, so much worse than I remember. In my memory, it was a harmless '90s blockbuster like The Fifth Element or Men in Black, but this is soulless destruction porn with CGI that looks like the pre-rendering of a PS2 cutscene. Brilliant! Really nice to meet Andrew um, uh, this weekend as well. Absolutely, yeah. That's all I've got in the live show. Okay. Uh, but we do have a new person alert. Oh. Scott Dean, uh, Scotty Reading on Twitter. Just listen to this bad boy, um, Strong Violent PC podcast about Scream 4. Such a fun listen, and I agree with you guys a lot, but it is such a fun film. We'll listen regularly now. Scott, welcome aboard. Yes, welcome aboard, and I hope you enjoy what we do from this point onwards. Yeah, and uh, yeah, keep getting in touch. Keep letting us know what you're watching, what you're listening to. Always nice to hear from you. Boogenhagen at DJ yes. Boogenhagen getting back in touch regarding uh, the Garbage Pail Kids. Ah, no, I believe he was plotting or at least swithering on whether or not to show this to his seven-year-old daughter. Is that right? <laughs> Correct. A uh, risky but, venture, a risky venture. Yeah, we've got an update on it, though. Okay, cool. I'm now in possession of the movie. Yet oh. to decide on watching with my daughter, who is seven years old, by the way. Could be the perfect age to experience it. Could also be a disaster. We'll keep you gents up to speed. I would expect. I would expect no less. I like that this is taken on an episodic format. Like, you remember those <laughs> old... Um, Nescafe Gold Blend adverts. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the, great. the guy who it's the the guy and the neighbour have this will they won't they thing going on. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to the next instalment of Boogenhagen's daughter watching or not watching the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, the Garbage Pail Paradox. <laughs> Um, you may also remember that last week we did an episode on Hell Comes to Frogtown at Andy's <laughs> instigation. Thank you. Uh, a few people got in touch just um, just just on Instagram, just uh, throwing in some uh, throwing in some comments. Uh, Ashley Twinklebox on Instagram. This looks amazing. How have I not seen this? Uh, Paddy again. What a fucking movie. We've got Stephen Wales saying, "Been waiting for this to show up." Excellent choice, Andy. And King Parker Monkey seventy five. Simply just saying, great film. Yeah. Well, there you go. That seems to be overwhelmingly on my side. Uh, yes, I would say that that's fair, I must say. Uh, you got anything else? I don't, know. In that case... It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. It will photoshop out the title and the tagline and any other identifying text and leave only the image. It will be my job to give the film a title and synopsis and describe it to the best of my ability. We'll also put it on social media so you guys can play along at home, which you often do to an exceptionally high standard. This week is no different. So, last week we had Deadly Games, Fatal Games? Fatal Games. Fatal Games, thank you. Um, reappropriated by me as Revenge of the Hellishly Devilish Medalist Fetishist. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. I never remember. Um, uh, a few of you getting in touch on this one, and we do have some absolute bettlers again, I must say. Kinell getting in touch at Colac on Twitter. By the way, I um, have spent some time this week watching Kinell doing battle raps on YouTube. 
You're a big battle, battle rap fan. I do like battle rap a lot, actually. Yeah, I do. I do find it. Um, I do. I think it's a really. I think it's a really cool thing. And uh, he's brilliant. But there you go. Ring an endorsement. Yeah. I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> yeah, no, do honestly, it's awesome. But yeah, Canal Olympic javelin thrower Jimmy Stickflinger's mind is possessed <laughs> by a mutated form of the coronavirus after buying a particularly ridiculous infected hoodie from Chinese tat app Wish, causing him to slaughter all his friends in 1994 straight to video slasher Cabin Spear. I hate Wish. Yeah, me too. Almost always weird sex stuff. Almost always weird sex stuff or stuff that you literally could not figure out what the intent of the, the, the thing is. Like, what it is designed to do is completely and utterly... One of them is a key in a bottle. Also, sometimes there's so much stuff in the picture that you can't figure out what you're buying. <laughs> I saw something yesterday that appeared to be a shower hose with an inflatable bulb at the end, which I'm going to guess goes up an arse. Uh, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and quite then possible. it just fills with water. Yeah. Uh. Moving on. <laughs> Um, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter after budding javelin thrower Chuck Spears gets snubbed at the Olympics a gruesome spate of murders of the young medalist leads to his arrest could he be behind it it's 1989's Olympic Shredalist <laughs> that's coy Chuck really like Spears that. is a great name Chuck Spears will take some beating Dennis Extra Atherton on Facebook the revenge of the four finger javelin thrower <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the poster you can see where he's coming from with that I thought that was really funny Tony Constantine Yes. When the brazen female participants of the 1912 Stockholm Summer Olympics begin to use the event as a platform from defending women's rights, things take a sinister turn one fateful night when a shadowy assailant begins to hunt the meddling woman down oh. in the seemingly secure athlete's village. Now as the becloaked killer really starts to go for gold, all hope once again rests with renowned international private investigator and fearless feminist freedom fighter Sybil Liberties. <laughs> <laughs> to stop the bleeding in Sweden and curb the disturbing murders in 1974's schlocking sequel, unexpected Stockholm Mockholm Shock Talker Stalker 2, Olympics Has Fallen. <laughs> what was the title again? Unexpected Stockholm Mockholm Shock Talker Stalker 2, Olympics Have Fallen. Wow. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah, that's excellent. C.P. Buckley? When a member of the UK Olympics team is killed shortly after arriving at the game, suspicion starts to mount, especially after investigators discover a note on the body that reads, Out of Europe, out of everywhere. <laughs> after a second death and a similar note is found, Detective Not A Clues realises that someone in the Team GB camp has moved beyond simply supporting a Brexit bill. When a phone message was received from the killer claiming that Great Britain will not be truly great again until they've left planet Earth behind, <laughs> the detective sees just how deadly it could be. Now the detective is in a race, pun intended, against time before the killer takes out the rest of the pro-Britain on Earth supporting team members. Took me a second. In a final, final chase around the Olympics track, the unarmed clues must capture the killer and reveal his true identity, Sir Niall Forage. <laughs> <laughs> as Niall is led away in handcuffs his daughter Noelle vows to finish her father's work in a piece of blatant sequel baiting it's the semi-prescient 1980s slasher classic The Death Olympics wow okay excellent well done and <laughs> to conclude Kevin Matthews Ah. After hearing his big festive hit played on the radio a dozen times while ironically driving home for Christmas, Chris Rea snaps, pulls his car over at the nearest overly decorated home and storms into a yuletide party, armed with his trademark gruff vocals, a tree stand and a super strong wrapping paper inner cardboard tube. The road to hell is paved with bad intentions, and blood isn't the only thing that will be sprayed all over the walls by these terrified victims in 1989's Christmas horror movie, Driving Sharp Objects Home for Christmas, the breakdown in messy escapades of diarrhea. <laughs> Uh, I think that that is a, a very strong set there. Yes, uh, I'm going to give uh, Hannah Ray the best character name. 
Chuck Spears. Chuck Spears. Love it. Edging. It's simple. It's effective. Aha. Uh-huh. And best yep. pitch? Best pitch I'm going to give to Kevin. Kevin. Okay, cool. Driving sharp objects home for Christmas. So, Hannah and Kevin, well done. You are the winners of a big old batch of nothing this week. Uh, don't spend it all at once. It's on its way to you now. Use it wisely. So, I guess it's my turn now. Yes, indeed. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Here it comes now. Oh, my God. So there's no border on this image, as far as I can see. Um, the background is kind of just like a, a um, an ominous night sky. Uh-huh. Uh, we have um, a muscle-bound man, uh, yes. shirtless, with uh, lightning strikes on his arms, or like flashes of lightning on his arms. He is holding a pneumatic drill that appears to be fitted with a laser sight. <laughs> and uh, he also has no skin on his face. His head is a skeleton. Well, his head is a skull. His head's not a skeleton, but his head's a skull. I know that everyone's head's a skull, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean, like, but it's like he has been flayed of all skin in his head and he has very, very piercing eyes, so his eyes are, are within the skull. Yeah, so a uh, psychotic-looking, flayed, sinewy man holds laser sight pneumatic drill in threatening pose. Fine, happy. Okay. Do you need a moment? Yeah, I think I will. Cool, you've got it. I really love doing live shows. I know I've said it before, but I really, really do. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In like, the run-up to it, it always feels quite daunting and quite a scary thing. And then but, you remember that everyone's lovely. Yeah, well, there's that as well. But you remember, like, when you go up there, for me anyway, that all kind of just fades away. Yeah, same, same. I had an amazing time on Thursday. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Anyway, you're distracting me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I am just about there, though. Oh, okay. Okay, let's do this. Okay. When humble, put-upon construction worker Sturdy Girders stays back to finish up some work on renovations of a children's hospital, he takes an ill-advised rummage in the porter cabin of his boss, Buxo Houlihan. Right. Has he not done it before? Nope. No. 100% not. Unearthing both evidence that Bux has been involved in a torrid love affair with Sturdy's wife, Veronica, and that the company planned to make him redundant in the morning, Sturdy feels like he has nothing to live for and heads to the reef to end it all. However, things take a chaotic turn when, moments before he's about to jump, Sturdy is struck by lightning. Disfigured beyond recognition and inexplicably imbued with the vengeful spirit of the construction site killer who terrorised the town's civic upgrades programme decades earlier, <laughs> Sturdy embarks on a murderous rampage against all who have wronged him before taking the staff and patients at the hospital hostage. It's 1992's B-movie classic, Construction Site of Destruction, Demented Cement Mixers, Drilling Killing and Bloodstained Cranes. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I like it, I like it a lot. Cool, 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 thank you. Yep, what year did you say? I said 92. Well, you're not a million miles off. Um, 1988. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And the film is Destroyer. Destroyer, all right. Tell me about that one. And yeah. more to the point, who's telling us about it? Today we have IMDb synopsisizer Brian J. Wright. Let's do this. A prison riot breaks out at the moment of a serial murderer's execution by electrocution, and his fate becomes indeterminate when the prison is shut down. Oh. Yeah. 18 months later, a team of filmmakers converge on the prison to film a women in prison exploitation flick. Right. <laughs> but find that a certain somebody is disrupting their shooting schedule. What? Yeah. Is, like, is that definitely the synopsis of the right film? <laughs> yeah, as By the way, I've got, to, I've got to say, Brian J. Wright, I really like the way he's written that synopsis. It really plays to me in the same way that some of the other ones we get into. Like, I like the, the, the use of execution by electrocution. Yeah, that's good, um, isn't it? Converge on the prison to film a woman in prison exploitation flick. I like that. I like the double use of prison. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, keep yeah. it up. 
Brian's going to be nudging Claudio Carvalho for the top spot, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from Claudio in a while. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping he'll resurface sometime soon. That concludes Mitch's pitches for this week, though. And uh, if you want to get in and pitch yourself, that picture is everywhere now uh, on the social media channels. So get yourself over there and get pitching. I can confirm that that is indeed the case. So streaming platforms this week then Mm -hmm. A timely arrival on Netflix on Friday Ahead of the sequel coming out uh, this month A Quiet Place Oh right okay excellent brilliant We talked about it on episode 1 We did indeed yeah Cut off from the rest of the world A tight knit family lives in constant fear Of making any sound that will attract terrifying alien creatures Also on Friday you've got Lost Girls Desperate to find her missing daughter A mother fights to uncover the truth And helps expose a string of unsolved murders Based on her true story also, it's season one of Blood Ride. This sounds great. The doomed passengers aboard a spectral bus head towards a gruesome unknown destination in this deliciously macabre horror anthology series. All right, wow. Quite fancy that, I must say. And one of them wanted to see for a really long time, actually. Thoroughbreds. Yeah. Also in Netflix on Friday, rich teens Lily and Amanda rekindle a friendship and discover a common passion. They both hate Lily's despicable stepfather. A killer plan is born. Ooh. On Shudder on Monday... Mm-hmm. We have got uh, Exorcismus from 2010. Possessed by a demon, a teenager turns to her cleric to perform an exorcism. Uh, also got Let the Right One In from 2008. Um, great film. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. Uh, when Oscar, a sensitive, bullied 12-year-old boy living with his mother in suburban Sweden, meets his new neighbour, the mysterious Ellie, they strike up a friendship initially reserved with each other. Oscar and Ellie soon form a close bond, but it soon becomes apparent that she is no ordinary young girl. I cannot recommend this enough if you haven't seen it. It is amazing. Uh, also, Luciferina, 2018, a young woman travels into a jungle to find a mystical plant to help her dying father. And on Thursday, it's The Room, not that one. <laughs> the room from 2018 a couple find a way to fulfill all their material desires but go too far when they use it to create a child <laughs> i got an announcement to make we're expecting oh wow uh i was in prime nothing sky cinema monday <laughs> doom annihilation a group of uac marines responds to a distress call from a top secret scientific base on phobos a martian moon only to discover it's been overrun by demons if i had a pound honestly oh, uh w- Wednesday, Cold Blood Legacy, a legendary but retired hitman lives in peace and isolation in the barren North American wilderness. When he rescues a woman from a snowmobiling accident, he soon discovers that she's harboring a secret that forces him to return to his lethal ways. Wow. And on Thursday, we have got I'll Take Your Dead, a man who disposes of bodies for gangsters in a nearby city. Faces a difficult decision nearby to where? Faces a difficult decision when one of the corpses turns out to still be alive. Which is, it's, it does sound pretty fucking inconvenient, now you say it. That's your lot for the streaming platforms this week. I would say for a pick of the stuff that I've seen, let the right one in. Of the stuff that I haven't seen, Thoroughbreds. I think Blood Ride sounds awesome, actually. It sounds like an interesting week. Yeah, I have really interesting spread of stuff across across the platforms, um, apart from Amazon Prime. <laughs> True form. I uh, also want to mention the fact that um, a lot of the listings for March weren't done when we, rec- when we recorded last week. So I do want to mention the fact that... Uh, Hell is Where the Home Is is in Sky Cinema now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Oblowitz's film. Yeah, you can you can get that on there now. Also, pretty sure that we mentioned it, but just want to make sure that we get there. Girl on the Third Floor is on Netflix as well now, and it's absolutely tearing up as well. People are loving it. Yeah, we did mention it, in fact, and I noticed that uh, Bastion of Good Sense and Taste, the Daily Mail, ran a story on it saying that people had been in touch saying it was the most depraved and disgusting and terrifying film they'd ever seen. I saw that. Pretty strange. Yeah, but that's the Daily Mail for you. That's their, their, that's their readers all over. 
Yeah, exactly. So turning our attention to this week's show, uh, there is no mystery to this whatsoever. It's the recording of the live one. Yes, we're talking Godzilla 1998 with our pal Graham Hughes. We recorded it live on the 5th of March at the Admiral Bar. It is recorded live. We did have a screen, so you need to just let us slide on that a little bit because there is some stuff that was visual on the night that maybe doesn't translate as well as you might hope but what we'll do is we'll put up the kind of key slides that got the biggest laughs yeah yeah I think that'd be cool and if you want to get in touch between now and then you can do that across a number of uh, platforms Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes you can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC and you can email Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com yes of course and check out our website strongviolentpod.com where you can find all the usual stuff. Uh, you can find links to our Tea Public page. You can find links to just about everywhere that you can listen to us. And you can find information on live shows as and when they are announced and stuff like that. And I just want to say massive thanks to everyone who's been listening and continues to listen. And huge welcome and guess gratitude as well to everyone who's just found us and is now embarking on this weird journey with us. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to feel this uh, to kind of feel that we're kind of like growing and people are making friends and stuff like that. It's 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 really really great and yeah, big thank you to everybody who's supporting us week in week out just now. Yeah, and if you've not done it already, a little review would be nice. Yeah, it's been a while since we've plugged that. It's been a while since we banged that drum. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't, if you do nothing else, a little, preferably five star review would be massively appreciated. Definitely. We're back on Friday with episode 93, live from the Admiral Bar. It's us talking Godzilla with Mr. Graham Hughes. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 